4: All right, welcome back to Money Never Sleeps. This is the show where we touch on anything and everything that impacts the flow of money from around the corner to around the world. And first off, happy Columbus Day for our listeners in the United States, and happy Thanksgiving to our Canadian listeners. Uh, This week, uh, I'm going to be touching on a number of topics and companies. Um... Over the coming weeks, I am planning on bringing on guests uh, that are in the private equity real estate, both uh, high-end residential and commercial real estate, you know, developments, uh, commodity, cannabis. Yeah, I said cannabis as it's big business now. And I'm also going to bring on some traders to get their insight on things, on what's going on out there, uh, because I think it's important uh that we that we do this and also we want to touch on startups we want to put a spotlight on startups and i think it's important to do that as well because we want to bring on some startup ceos on the show that uh well that have uh, a vision for the future and we want to see what that vision may be with their products that they're bringing to the table because um Again, you know, we're we're in flux right now, and a lot of growth is happening. A lot of things are transpiring. So we want to try to get that in uh, for you. Now, uh, Fiat, Chrysler, uh, that merger actually uh, went into effect yesterday, October 12th. And, uh, yeah, it was finalized. And they began trading today on the New York Stock Exchange. Now, the company was rolled into... A new Netherlands corporation, and that's really interesting. And there are a lot of reasons for that. I'm sure a lot of people are asking why? Why did that happen? And how are they trading on the New York? Um, look, especially you know, when when it comes to importing materials, the Netherlands, it's a, an extremely strategic location in Europe, not only for shipping but for creating underlying subsidiaries. Uh, for a company uh, to allow them to lower their, their tax burden so they can actually create a subsidiary in another country uh, with lower tax uh, implications, which allows these companies to avoid getting taxed to death. It's, it's not them avoiding paying taxes, but to avoid them getting taxed to death. And this is something that I'm going to touch on uh, in the coming weeks as well because I think it's important because a lot of people... They look at a company like Apple and they see, you know, that they have a lot of their money overseas and they're wondering why don't they bring it here? Why doesn't the government just uh, have leniency and let them bring the money here to create jobs and so on and so forth? And there are a lot of underlying reasons for them for that not happening yet. Uh, I don't want to go into it now because that would be like a half hour discussion, but I will touch on it next week because it's pretty interesting. Now, you know, Fiat Chrysler, what they did, they joined the likes of other major corporations who have either their main uh, company or their uh, subsidiary incorporated in the Netherlands, such such as Cisco, Mead Johnson, Nike, Google, Starbucks, Tesla Motors, Facebook, Booking.com, and there's a whole list of others that... uh, that actually do this, and it's smart. You know, the reason that I point all this out is that, without a doubt, one of the smartest things that they did in order to allow them, uh, and I'm talking about, you know, Fiat Chrysler, uh, to allow them to transport throughout Europe, and avoiding the constant tariffs that come into play and they there are if you if you ship to France, you're going to have a different tax or tariff implication than you, you would if you shipped somewhere else, and every time you ship to another European country, you're getting taxed. so if you ship to the Netherlands, you' already paid your your the lowest tariffs in the European Union, and you get huge tax breaks when shipping to other European nations. Anyhow, it, it's it's only one benefit of a whole host of others that are in place in the Netherlands that we will touch on in the coming weeks and months because uh, it is really, really interesting. Um, and we want to get some input from uh, some accounting firms that actually do this for corporations. So we're going to bring them on to speak about this. Now, let me just Add uh, that the Rotterdam port, that is the major port in Europe. And as we speak, they're adding to this port, which is going to make it even more of an integral port in doing business in Europe. Okay, where there's oil, you're transporting items from anywhere in the world, this becomes a hub, and it's going to be really interesting. Now, um, you know, you're, you're going to see a, a lot of more information coming out uh, about this, I'm sure in the future, Uh, but we're going to be speaking about it on this show. And some of the brands, just in case you didn't know, uh, which are wrapped up in uh, Fiat Chrysler, uh, include, of course, Fiat and Chrysler. But also Ferrari and Maserati. So when you see those fierce luxury monsters on the road, then you're, you're gonna know it's a Fiat Chrysler. You know, it kind of takes the steam out of it. You're driving a Ferrari, say, hey, you're driving a Chrysler. You know, that's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of one of those things. Um, but anyway, this is a great segue into Tesla Motors. I really like what Tesla's founder, uh, the guru of tech, some even call him the real life Tony Stark, the Iron Man, uh, if you will, Uh, which he very may well be the real life Iron Man, the real life Tony Stark, Uh, but I like what he's doing. Elon Musk is is a visionary. There's no doubt about it. No one can dispute that. And he's not looking at things uh, quarter to quarter. He's not looking at the next quarter. But what he's doing, he's looking at the future for all mankind. And that's a powerful statement. The future for all mankind. Now, that's a wild thought, isn't it? But if you look throughout history, and I don't know if any of you watch the History Channel or History Buffs, but if you look throughout history, the most impactful people are the ones that become iconic. These are the ones that try to change the world for the better, and they have. They, they, you know, we see it all around us on a daily basis. And trust me, Elon Musk is etching his name in that granite slab alongside with all the iconic names from Da Vinci to Newton to Washington on down the line. So doing some good in the world is... Way beyond dollars and pounds sterlings. It's about forging the future, which is what Elon Musk is doing. Now that I touted Elon Musk just about enough for this show, uh, Tesla, they unveiled a Tesla D. And it showcased an upgraded all-wheel drive with a dual motor system that gives it Kick, you know, this is this is the power behind the car, and this is what consumers were looking for. Uh, It's the sports car of sports cars or electric sports cars, with with a price tag of well over a hundred thousand U.S. and it it may right now be out of reach for the average Joe, but still, it's one step in the right direction, one step closer to producing something that can be, you know, uh, mainstream, that can actually be in the hands of just about anyone. Uh, investors weren't thrilled, but then investors are looking quarter to quarter, or month to month, and some are day to day, you know. They weren't thrilled with the unveiling. However, Musk doesn't produce products to boost the stock. I mean, this is one guy that said his stock was too high. Like, who does that? His stock is too high. Um, But he produces products... That will evolve. And I'm extremely sure that this will evolve over time into a more affordable vehicle. And look, I can't give short-term insight on the ups or downs of uh, stock prices itself, but long-term, as I feel with Amazon and Facebook and Google long-term, they all are going to be winners as they they will be leaders in industry. Now, I'm not just talking about the tech industry. I'm just talking about industry in general, beyond technology, and watch. Watch the writings on the wall where everything's going to go and it's going to be an interesting ride. And I just need to add this, which I found to be very interesting. Uh, One of the high-end sports car companies that, are jumping into the electric vehicle game. And this, I mean, I really, I can believe it, but uh, hopefully um, it happens and and it really gets on the road because it would be really interesting. Uh, Believe it or not, it is Lamborghini. Yep, Lambos, electric Lambos on the road. Uh, And they're looking to launch their first ever or it's the company's first ever plug-in hybrid. Uh they unveiled it at the 2014 Paris Motor Show. And this this is very interesting. I think this is going to going to uh uh be of interest to some of some of you guys out there. Uh it's said to, that the car can travel as far as a Chevy Volt in electric mode, as far as a Volt. So Lamborghini Bolt, Lamborghini Bolt. Yeah, you go with the Lambo on that one if you can swing it. Uh now if this is true, you know, why are we not embracing this technology more? And and that's a big thing. And I think this is what Elon Musk is pushing for—not only Tesla to embrace it and do something with it, but for other companies to do that. And I think this is what we're, this is what's going to wind up happening. We're just not seeing it uh in the bright daylight yet but trust me behind the scenes it's happening uh Elon Musk made it easy for companies like Exxon, Citgo, other gas companies uh to implement electric stations at their current gas pump stations so let's see what 2015 brings and beyond because i think it's going to be an interesting transformation as more and more people start utilizing these electric vehicles and more companies start producing them. Now, on that note, what we're going to do is take a quick break and we're going to be right back on Money Never Sleeps. So stick with us as we're going to touch on gold, oil, 3D technology, and a few other things. So stay with us. We'll be right back this is chef gavin murphy with your one minute healthy
1: cooking tip a lot of people are more health conscious nowadays especially when it comes to food but did you know there are a lot of hidden calories and of all things salad dressing they're chock full of added sugars but don't fret i've got you covered try this quick and delicious salad dressing recipe grab a small tupperware container with a lid and add a quarter cup of balsamic vinegar two tablespoons of whole grain or dijon mustard a teaspoon of organic honey, a pinch of salt and pepper, and three quarters of a cup of olive oil. Pop the lid on and give it a good old shake. This is spot on for a beautiful summer salad and will keep in the fridge for weeks. For more healthy cooking tips and info, go to gavinmurphy.com.
3: Hi, my name is Peter May of London Central Properties and we're based in Cavendish Square which is close to Regent's Park. The majority of my work experience has been in sales, in particular the hotel and hospitality industry both in the UK and overseas. London Central Properties is an established company with a global presence and a high reputation for service and discretion. We specialize in the sale of high-value, off-market apartments, houses, hotels and investments. We have recently opened a new division specializing in the provision of service departments which cover the full spectrum from budget to exclusive. These apartments are suitable for both leisure and corporate clients and are located in the key areas of London including Mayfair, Knightsbridge, kensington and bayswater for further information please refer to our website which is www.londoncentralproperties.com we have now established an exclusive partnership with the host of money never sleeps mr louis velasquez
5: hi everyone John and Pete Nigerian here at the NASDAQ with some news you do not want to miss. As option floor traders, CNBC contributors, and co-founders of optionmonster.com, people always want to know our secrets for trading the options. So we wrote an entire book on it. And today, to celebrate the book launch, we're giving away a limited number of these books for free. All you have to do is cover shipping and handling. Learn how you can use options like we do to make more income with less capital. To reduce your investment risks. And to make money regardless of which way the market's moving. It's all right here in this book, and today we're giving it away to you for free. Equity options today are hailed as one of the most successful financial products to be introduced in modern times. You have to learn to profit from them. This one book could dramatically increase your investment returns. And today it's free. So pick up that phone and call now. Call 1-800-961-1923 for your free book. That's 1-800-961-1923. Call now.
2: Uh
4: Uh 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 Alright, welcome back to Money Never Sleeps. Now I want to talk about 3D technology. I've always been a big advocate of, of all types of tech, especially this type of technology. As I see this as definitely being the future for fabrication of uh, parts for cars, uh, parts for homes, whether, you know, like plumbing and things of that nature, Uh, airplanes even, okay, you can fabricate the the seats or maybe even engine parts if you can do it properly. Um, They're even working on using 3D printing in the medical industry to fabricate artificial hearts and other organs. And that if that's that's really 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 interesting because if they're able to do this and match the artificial heart or lungs or other organs to the specific patient that needs it then donors you know um and then, then donors. You know, you you don't have to sit and wait on a donor list. You can actually get you can get the part that you need. Kind of like you go into uh, Jiffy Lube or Pep Boys and you're looking for that part for your car, uh, that type of thing. So, uh, very interesting. Uh, I'm sure that it's not a it's not far off that they're going to be able to actually have functional functional 3D printing of body parts. Now that's going to be interesting. And they they should, this is something that you saw in Johnny Depp's movie Transcendence. Um, Hey, they already created lifelike artificial skin. And they created, you know, muscle out of uh, fishing line and other components that are a hundred times stronger than what we have in our bodies right now, naturally. So, uh, yeah. So why not? I think, I think it's going to happen. I really do think it's going to happen. You're going to have someone that's going to figure it out. A lot of smart people out there, and they're going to do it. Uh, I've always said that if they can create something in a movie studio, chances are that they will be able to create it in the real world. And we've seen it before, and we will see it again. And look, in the end... If you can dream it, you can do it. If you can do it, it's going to get done, and this is how the world goes around, and this is what's going to wind up uh, happening at some point. Now, I want to switch gears to talk about commodities right now. Uh, We're we're switching out of the tech. We're going into commodities, uh, more specifically gold and oil. Now, there's been a a guessing game as it relates to where both gold and oil are going, And let me chat. I just want to chime in with my thoughts. You know, let's start with gold. Okay, there's a ton of skepticism that gold will go to 2000 or 2500 per ounce, and that's per troy ounce. And they are basing this on the weakness uh, of this and the lacking of that. Now, what is this or that? Who knows? In reality, unless there is uh, some serious geopolitical impact on global currency, there is not going to be a mass run to find shelter in gold. So let's get that out of the way. Uh, I was trading gold in the 300 and $500 range, where it wasn't cost-effective for mining companies to extract it from the ground. They were just breaking even at that point. Now at over twelve twenty per troy ounce, and yes, let me just make this clear: a troy ounce is much different than the ounce that we use daily. A troy ounce allows for one universal measurement for metals. And anyhow, anyhow, I just wanted to throw that in. Anyhow, at over twelve twenty per troy ounce, I still think it has some room to come in. And look. Do I see it going to the thousand to maybe eleven hundred dollar range? Yeah, I see it going in that range. Uh, per, per troy ounce uh, before you see we're going to see an upside yeah I think before you see any upside any any tremendous upside at this point that you're going to see it you know kind of you know come in and then glide up a bit but I really don't think that we're going to see the $2,000 range that all the optimists think that we're going to see I think over time that we may see 1500 maybe and that all depends on what happens geopolitically what's happening with the strength of the currencies Okay, so, you know, we we don't know what's going to happen, you know, with especially with digital currencies coming into play, like Bitcoin and things of that nature, it's going to make it really interesting moving forward, so we'll see what happens. And yeah, I know a lot of you gold lovers out there are rolling your eyes, are blasting me at this point, but unless you can bring hardcore facts, hardcore facts to the table, and not just a hunch or gut feeling to the table, then... What I've said is what I'm sticking to for the foreseeable future. Now, look, I've been, and let me just share this with you, I've been to the jungle to extract gold. I've been to major, you know, gold refineries to smelt and stamp gold. Shoot, I'm, I'm an alumni of the GIA, and I've been around this so much that I should have a solid gold plaque on my desk So I do have an idea of what I'm talking about. Uh, And again, these are my opinions. You can come to your own conclusions. That's your prerogative. As Look, I think it's very important that anyone, I don't care if you're investing in commodities, stocks, this, that, do your due diligence. Be an informed investor. Be well-informed moving forward. I don't care what you do, even if you're investing in real estate, if you're investing in a business. Be well-informed. Uh, and do your due diligence because I do think that is important. Now, let's touch on oil. Uh, there are so many views and opinions on this topic, but in the end, you know, what will impact the price of oil? You know, what, what, what's going to impact it? Well, I think it's going to, you know, plain and simple, it's going to be technology. You know, the less dependent countries become on oil as being their prime energy source and move over to, you know, the likes of solar, wind, hydro, uh, the less demand will be for oil and the less the price will be as a result. You know, it's common sense. You know, it's pretty simple in theory anyway, right? Uh, the major oil companies are not interested in this in this happening because it doesn't help their their piggybacks. It doesn't help their pocketbooks. But in reality, look, if they were really, you know, forward thinkers and they were really smart, they would be investing in technology just the way GE does. And I love GE because they invest in things that people don't even think about, but they do it to buck the trend that will be coming. They, they're forward thinkers. They're visionaries. And they try to get there, to, and it's, it's, it's contributing to the future of humanity. And, and I say this um, because, you know, look, it's, it's human nature, you know, to actually try to, to, uh, to go to the next level and progress. You know, and I think that the oil companies, once they begin to see this, that maybe they're going to start looking at the future. Uh, once you see that a person can achieve something, that there's something – this is human nature. There's something inside of us that lets us know that, hey, we can do it too. And if we can do it, then for those select few that think they that they can achieve more, well, those guys usually or, – or or girls, usually they, they do it. And they do it and they put their minds to it and they put their minds to the test and, and they come up with some amazing things. So I'm certain that we will see this technology being developed by startups. And I'm sure these startups, as they develop this technology, they'll be taken over by one of the big boys in time. And then uh, that's, how the, uh, that's how the wheel goes around. But in the meanwhile, uh, oil is still very important. And there is significant oil in the United States. Significant. And and like this oil can be tapped into, you know, you hear about fracking and dacking and this and all this other stuff. You know, you have actual oil um, that is in the United States that can be tapped into. And I know this because there's a little known company that has begun to do it. And I plan on speaking more in depth about this company in the coming weeks. As the company right now is restructuring, so I really can't get into it. I want to bring somebody on here to speak about it um you know they're looking to restructure they are restructuring the company to take advantage of the assets that lay right beneath their feet uh so i want to bring them on because i think it's going to be an interesting topic um for our listeners and just for the oil industry it's going to be really interesting so um you know just just stay tuned for that i'm trying to make those arrangements you know i don't want to um uh, make arrangements now, or I did not want to bring them on now because they're in their restructuring mode. So we have some lines that we we cannot cross. So uh, just uh, what you can do is uh, you know just give me give me some thoughts. I mean, I love hearing, I love hearing from listeners. I love hearing um, you know feedback on the show, uh, feedback from the show, uh, feedback on certain topics you know i give my thoughts on the direction of 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 like in this case on the direction of oil and i'm going to give it to you right now but i also want to hear from our listeners i want to hear from you and for you to let me know what you feel what your thoughts are cuz everyone has an opinion you know i'm not i'm not the end all i'm not the expert of experts you know but i do have my opinion and that's what i do on this show so my opinion and as far as the direction of oil uh well here it is I see oil having a range between eighty and a hundred dollars for the foreseeable future, and um, you know, and that, that takes a lot of things into account. And the only thing that I see that will impact it over that range is some crisis in the Middle East or some technology hitting the market that doesn't involve oil. And that technology is coming. You can trust me on that one. So, uh, yeah, so just, you know, I, I always look for feedback from, from our listeners, especially on these topics, because everyone has an opinion. So, you know, share with me. You can feel free to do so. Uh, so on that note, what we have to do is take another quick break. And we will be right back on Money Never Sleeps. So stick with us as we are going to touch on the Society of American Business Editors and Writers, a.k.a. Sabu and CNBC Squawk Alley, and Mark Cuban, and a few other things. So stick with us. We're going to be right back with you on Money Never Sleeps.
1: Millionaire business mogul Marcus Lemonis is the prophet. In two seasons, he's invested over $7 million of his own money to save struggling businesses. If you want to be successful in business, there's only three things I want you to focus on. People, process, and product. Determine if you have the right people and if you're motivating them and managing them the right way. Look at your process and determine, is it streamlined? Is it efficient? Can you get better? And look at your product. Because even if your product is good today, I don't want to find out that it's obsolete tomorrow. The best advice I can give a business owner today is to know their numbers. To not have a solid understanding how much you make, and how much you sell, and how much inventory you have is a crime. To not understand how to make decisions based on numbers is a big mistake. Too often business owners are making decisions based on their gut. As you look at your financial statement on a monthly basis or even a weekly basis, it's the roadmap to success.
3: Hi, my name is Peter May of London Central Properties and we're based in Cavendish Square which is close to Regent's Park. The majority of my work experience has been in sales, in particular the hotel and hospitality industry both in the UK and overseas. London Central Properties is an established company with a global presence and a high reputation for service and discretion. We specialise in the sale of high-value, off-market apartments, houses, hotels and investments. We have recently opened a new division specialising in the provision of service departments which cover the full spectrum from budget to exclusive. These apartments are suitable for both leisure and corporate clients and are located in the key areas of London including Mayfair, Knightsbridge, kensington and bayswater for further information please refer to our website which is www.londoncentralproperties.com we have now established an exclusive partnership with the host of money never sleeps mr louis velasquez
4: Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to Money Never Sleeps, and I want to thank the Society, the Society of American Business Editors and Writers, for their recent conference in New York last week. It was really interesting. You had some really great speakers, such as Bob Sullivan, great guy. I uh, had a chance to meet him. He gave some great insight. That was well-received by the financial journalists that were there. And you didn't just have journalists that were just stateside. You had international journalists in attendance. And that's what made it even more intriguing. And they weren't, you know, you didn't just have regional. You had regional. You had national. You had international journalists there. Uh, I I did get a lot from this panel. And I want you to make sure to check out his latest focus called The Restless Project. He touched on it, and I just want to touch on it as well. And what it does is it it encompasses the economic anxiety, you know, and the technology disruption that are impacting U.S. families. And he's doing this, and it's on a person-by-person basis. So, this is an ongoing project that will probably last for years if, if he keeps doing it this way, but he does a fantastic job. And you can follow him on Twitter at Red Tape Cron, or Cron. Red Tape Cron, or is it Crone? I don't know. Uh, but I'm going to say Cron. Uh, so, that's Red Tape Cron on Twitter. Uh, his name is Bob Sullivan. Check him out because he's uh, one guy that you do want to follow. Others that gave some really great insight and had the minds working in the room, they had them working overtime, were Blake Ellis of CNN Money, Amanda Gengler of Money Magazine, uh, Kelly Grant of CNBC, Daniel Morrison of the University of Alabama. Yep, he was pushing Bama. Uh, Tim Mullaney of TheStreet.com, Greg McBride of Bankrate.com, and you had Joe Ryan of Newsday, Charlie Wells of the Wall Street Journal. You had the awesome Laura Young of Reuters and Mandy Woodruff of Yahoo Finance. You had, uh, you also had Experian in, in the house, too. Uh, you had Michelle uh, Ranieri uh, from Experian. She spoke there. So just a lot of interesting people that gave a lot of interesting insight to what's going on out there and uh, how to tackle you know, some, some parts of journalism. Really interesting. Uh, they also made some great contributions to the panels and even gave me a thought or two. Definitely looking forward to having some of these great minds on uh, Money Never Sleeps in the near future. And let me not forget the president and, and CEO of the National Endowment for Financial Education, Ted Beck, great work Ted you did a fantastic job uh, I know you're doing this all over the world um, so it's really re- I mean all over the country I'm not sure of all over the world if not I'm sure you're gonna do that but just great work great work and all all, all uh, great journalists that uh, they, they all contributed a ton. And all these great journalists that I mentioned and all the ones that will, you know, be mentioned, you know, in in the future weeks and months and years, uh, they contribute a ton to the next generation of financial journalists that may be coming out of institutions such such as the uh, CUNY Graduate School of Journalism. Man, you have to see this facility. I mean, honestly, you walk in. If you have any interest in journalism, walk into this facility and it's high tech to the max. Even if you're a tech, you're gonna love going there. You know they have everything that 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 you can need to become something special in the industry. Uh, so yeah, definitely check out CUNY, uh, the uh, Graduate School of Journalism, if you're interested in journal- journalism. Uh, I've been tweeting, uh, and this is something I've been tweeting about over the past few months, and everyone knows it. You know uh, first. It has to do with CNBC, you know, um, since we're on the topic of financial journalism. Uh, but CNBC, I, I, I was tweeting that they should have a dedicated show solely for the technology arena, which they now have, featuring John Fort, Carl Cantania, and Kayla Tausche. Now they have this thing going on, which is fantastic. And that was the first step. My next Twitter input is uh, CNBC, you know, they really need to have a truly tech-driven set, something that will draw the attention of the tech community as well as the financial community as opposed to it just being a financial set with a tech name. So I'm hoping that CNBC viewers that this... that I'm hoping for you guys, for everyone, for anyone that watches the show that this happens as it will give a new dimension to the show, and the show is called Squawk Alley, which airs uh, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. sharp. And you can follow them, uh, all, all of them, uh, John, Carl, Kaler, uh, on Twitter and, and Squawk Alley as well on Twitter. And get the latest from Squawk Alley, find out what's going on, and uh, just get yourself in tune to it because if you, and if you have a love of technology, between that and Recode, you're going to get your fill you know, when you're looking at the uh, the business end of it and then you're looking at the other end of it, you're going to get your fill. There's no doubt about it. Um, and just staying on the CNBC topic for another couple of minutes, with the extreme volatility in motion and tons of confusion as to where the market's going and what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and you should make a left or right, do this, do that, the one thing that I will say that you need, what you need to do is be well informed. So do yourself a favor and set your DVRs to tape or or record. There's no tapes there, but you're going to record three CNBC shows. The first one is the halftime report, and that's with Scott Watner. They have uh, Pete Najarian on there, Mike Murphy, Steve Weiss, and they rotate. But you have uh, uh, you know, the rest of the roundtable there, and just some great insight from, from some really, really, really top-shelf traders that'll give you ideas that you can actually, you know, you can actually, um, you know, build on. And that's what it's about, taking the ideas and building on it. And you have Fast Money, which is uh, you have the same lineup as with the Halftime Report. And then you have Mad Money with Jim Cramer. Now, Jim Cramer has been doing this for some time. I remember when he first started. Um, and the guy has, you know, his, his mission is to educate and inform his uh, viewers. And as what I try to do here is inform people and give you information. And hopefully some of this information is of value. Um, so you want to check out these three shows. And, you know, and they put stuff in layman's terms so you can get it. Not not all this technical mumbo-jumbo. They'll They'll get to the bottom line. So you can get an idea and keep yourself informed during these turbulent times in the markets, both domestic and internationally. Okay, so... Now I want to touch on something, which is really interesting. This, is, this has kind of been developing over the past couple days. Um, it has to do with the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, cast member of the popular show Shark Tank, and just one shrewd businessman. Uh, he has no fear of speaking his mind in any way, shape, or form. That man is Mark Cuban. I love this guy. He, you know, he, he hustles, he does what he needs to do, and he says what's on his mind without any regrets. Recently, uh, he brought to light a topic that most universities see as taboo, and that is the topic of student loans. His view, which I actually agree with, is that if the government caps the amount of money that a student can borrow per year, that this may spark the higher-end universities from continuing to raise their tuition fees while not budging on paying their professors more and their building doing all this stuff. It's just funny, but, you know, where is that tuition money going, really? You know, if you see these universities, they get heavy, heavy donations from their wealthy alumni, and then they build... More and more facilities for this, for that, for the other thing. You know, prime examples in New York City, and I'm I have to call them out. Is uh, you have NYU and Columbia University, NYU they're taking you know, uh, taking control of uh, everything in the West Village and beyond, and uh, and they're doing all that stuff. And then you have Columbia University, which is taking uh, expanding uptown. They have uh, Manhattanville. They have all all this property that they're 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 they have that they're building they're acquiring they're doing so many different things uh and they receive hefty donations they have hefty tuitions and they get tons of help from the city and state to acquire land to build more structures and still those tuition rates keep escalating you know and if a student doesn't have a wealthy family or a sugar daddy or a sugar mama (laughs) it's time to get a loan so they get the loan and by the time they finish school, they're in heavy debt. And that's the reality. Sure, they got the education. Hopefully they'll land a great job, and hopefully the university will help them land a job. But even if that occurs, they are behind the eight ball from day one. So I'm sure there's a better way to do this, to go about all this. I, like, I'm not the expert here. I don't know. And neither is Cuban for that matter. However, just bringing attention to the matter may spark some re- some interest in some real, really smart people to come up with a solution. And then, you know, that's that's not good enough. You have to actually go that extra step. Now, you get these smart people that come up with a solution, then you're going to re- need some really passionate people to fight for it. Yeah, it's not going to come that easy. You'd think that the, uh, the universities uh, want to, you know... Uh, uh, prevent money from coming in their pocket. No, 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 no. This is going to have to be a battle line. It's going to have to be crossed for this one. And I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I guess we'll see. But when those people, you know, when those people come to light, I, I, I'll i definitely give them time on money Night of Sleeps to lay it on us and let us know, you know, what their thoughts are and, and give us some, some concrete facts on what's going on, you know, because basically, uh, you know, kids are our future. And if we're not molding them and giving them the right direction to go, you know, how are we helping them? You know, for a kid to be in in horrendous debt from the time they graduate school and they they have their, their back against the wall and they have to get a job and they're living with their parents well beyond their college years because they're forced to. You know, it makes it difficult. You know, you have universities out there that have a low tuition that allow kids to get, you know, they allow these students to get a good education. Okay, now, why, why why, is that difficult, you know, in other parts of the country, especially in New York and, and in, uh, in California? Why is that? Uh, or, you know, New York and Connecticut, for that matter. Um, I guess, you know, this, this stuff will be explored. Again, I'm no expert. I just, you know, call it like I see it, and that's what I do here on Money Never Sleeps. All right, on that note, we have to take another quick break and we will be right back on Money Never Sleeps, so stick with us as uh we're going to touch on commercial real estate and a couple other uh, uh little things that we're going to we're going to touch on. So stay with us, we're going to be right back with you on Money Never Sleeps. A
0: second person in the United States has now tested positive for the Ebola virus. Texas health officials said preliminary results were positive for a healthcare worker who provided hospital care for Thomas Eric Duncan, the Ebola patient who died last week. If the diagnosis is confirmed, it would be the first known case of the disease being contracted or transmitted in the United States.
3: While this is uh, obviously bad news, it is not news that, ne- that should bring about panic.
0: A statement posted on the Texas Department of State Health Service's website said confirmatory testing will be conducted by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta. Officials said the healthcare worker reported a low-grade fever Friday night and was isolated and referred for testing. Uh,
5: this healthcare worker had been under the self-monitoring regimen prescribed by the CDC and based on involvement in caring for the patient, Thomas Eric Duncan, during his care that started on September 28th. Now, individuals who are being uh, monitored are required to take their temperatures twice daily. And as a result of that process, the caregiver notified the hospital of imminent arrival and was immediately admitted to the hospital's isolation room.
0: Preliminary test results were received late Saturday. Hospital and state health officials did not identify the health care worker. They have interviewed the patient and are identifying any contacts or potential exposures. Kelly Daschle, Associated Press.
2: Police in Washington state say an actress known for her roles in August Osage County, Frozen River and Django Unchained is missing. 32-year-old Misty Upham hasn't been heard from or seen for the past week. Her father, who filed a missing persons report on Monday, said she has a medical condition that has the family concerned. Penelope Cruz has been named Esquire's Sexiest Woman Alive. Cruz is the 11th woman to be given the title by the magazine. Previous honorees include Angelina Jolie, Halle Berry, Rihanna, Charlize Theron and Scarlett Johansson. Four new films couldn't catch up with Gone Girl at theatres this weekend. The thriller raked in $26.8 million and kept the box office top spot according to studio estimates. Dracula Untold opened in second place with $23.4 million. This is Hillary Fox with AP Showbiz Minute. Hi,
5: everyone. John and Pete Najarian here at the NASDAQ with some news you do not want to miss. As option floor traders, CNBC contributors, and co-founders of optionmonster.com, people always want to know our secrets for trading the options. So we wrote an entire book on it. And today, to celebrate the book launch, we're giving away a limited number of these books for free. All you have to do is cover shipping and handling. Learn how you can use options like we do to make more income with less capital. To reduce your investment risks. And to make money regardless of which way the market's moving. It's all right here in this book, and today we're giving it away to you for free. Equity options today are hailed as one of the most successful financial products to be introduced in modern times. You have to learn to profit from them. This one book could dramatically increase your investment returns. And today it's free. So pick up that phone and call now. Call 1-800-961-1923 for your free book. That's 1-800-961-1923. Call now. Uh
2: Uh
4: Alright, welcome back to the show. And now let's get into commercial real estate. And this is a topic that I can talk about for hours and hours and hours and hours. But I'm not going to do that today um but i do want to touch on what's going on out there. Uh there's a resurgence in the has been of development and it's not specific to New York City or Miami or 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 LA. It's it's actually global. And there are a number of condo developers looking to build the next luxury tower for the jet setters, the billionaires of the world. While others that are, you have others that are solely focused on building rental units, you know, because um, there, there's a big market for that because not everyone has the money to own. And while you another group, well, they're looking to build true commercial projects that create jobs. And that last, the last one, you know, I'm pretty passionate about and actually I'm most passionate about, and that's because it doesn't matter how many condo or rental developments you build. If jobs are not created, then where is the growth? It's not there. And this is what has impacted the growth of the United States over the years as we move from being a manufacturing country to a service country. And with the service not being that great, I'll tell you that much, it has hindered our growth. So when you build, when you have true commercial developments that are slated to be developed anywhere, whether it be New York City, L.A., Miami, Detroit, anywhere in the U.S. in the United States, it's a plus for our economy. It's a plus for the town's economy, the city's economy, and the U.S. economy as a whole. Especially, you know, look, when, you, when, they, when they're building these developments, you have tax incentives that usually follow in line with these new developments because that's what the developers need. They need the tax incentives to attract the, uh, the corporations for the major corporations to come in. So these tax incentives are in place. It allows for major corporations to take advantage of these incentives, thus creating jobs on a large scale. Okay, it's not rocket science at all. If you have the jobs in an area, you have the residents. If you have the residents, then you will need housing. And this is what helps the residential developers to flourish. So we need more commercial developments that will create jobs. Period. Then if you look uh, downtown, uh, the Wall Street area, the financial district, uh, you know, as they as they call it right now, FIDI, you know, you have a lot of office buildings that have been, you know, converted or repositioned into condo and rental units. A lot of them. So, you know, we need more jobs to be created and the only way you're going to create jobs is by having somewhere where jobs can be positioned. Okay, period, the end. And, you know, we're not talking about you know, only creating construction jobs, because any development is going to create construction jobs, but also be attractive to to, to corporations to relocate to a certain area. Again, this, this relocation does a lot for a town or city, as it can spark more companies to relocate and, you know, probably, you know, have other companies to develop offices in that town or city as that town or city, you know, starts to boom. And everything trickles down if done the right way. And I think this is definitely what should be done. Uh, I know that there are a multitude of residential agents right now that are barking and, you know, because they, they're pushing for the residential developments and so on and so forth. But, you know, come on, reality check people. Unless you provide concrete facts that show developing more luxury residential buildings add to the economy of a town or city above above developing commercial properties to attract major corporations thus creating more jobs then you have to look at the bigger picture if you're not looking at the bigger picture you're looking at to what what you're going to do today as opposed to the to tomorrow how are you going to grow your your real estate business if you don't have any business to go to if you don't have any you know buyers coming in to buy these residential units You know, this is not going to last forever. So they, you know, the the reality is building these commercial developments helps. It really does help. Uh, The more jobs, then the more people. The more people, then the more they'll need housing. And that is the boom that a residential agent or broker wants. Not a slowdown to a big halt, which could happen if things keep going, you know, the way they're going. Uh, but I'm hopeful that commercial uh, development is going to increase. And, uh, yeah, and that's something I'm a big advocate and I'm pushing for. Uh, part of what is sparking growth in these residential developments are private equity. And I'm kind of, this is my segue into this. Uh, yeah, you know, you have a lot of private equity that's involved in real estate all over the world. Yes, indeedy-do. We're not going to get into this in depth today because there are a number, there's so much to get into with this that I don't want to get into it because it's going to, it'll last, you know, it'll be a whole hour show within itself. Uh, But there are a number of private equity firms, uh, even hedge funds uh, that are able to offer, and and REITs as well, they're able to offer uh, foreign investors something pretty special. In the USA, is called an SB5, and it goes by other codes in other countries, but it gives an investor the ability to gain citizenship, citizenship through such investments. There's more entail to it, but that's the gist of it. Uh, this is a hot, 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 hot topic that we hope to be touching on uh, next week, if not the week after, as this is not specific to the real estate industry, people it impacts the film and entertainment industry as well. So it's pretty interesting and kind of scary at the same time, but it's alive and well. And I really want to get into that. Uh, so when you see these uh, those, those big investments that are going into, uh, let's say, even uh, luxury residential units and it's by a foreign investor, you know, chances are that uh, there's an SB5 involved in some way. Anyhow... Uh, we will be bringing on an expert in that arena on the show, so that we can tackle the facts on that, on the SP5 and its actual impact, good and bad. You know, I'm looking to tackle it all, if possible, as much as we can during that uh, during that segment. Uh, remember that anyone that has any questions in regards to commercial real estate, they can feel free to contact me on Twitter, or they can. Go to ucwmagazine.com, and they can contact me via the website. I I try to get back to everyone, and I try I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. Um, I you know again I get uh, a lot of inquiries, but uh, rest assured, uh, if you reach out to me, I will try to get back to you as soon as possible. Uh, and I primarily work with off-market commercial and high-end luxury properties all over the world, Uh, being a managing director of London Central Properties and a part of Coldwell Banker in the United States, it allows me to, to be an asset to my clients, both buyers and sellers, and the insight of the markets from New York City to London and beyond has allowed me to present projects and solutions that work, and that's why I'm passionate about what I do. Uh, Sharing my knowledge with my team, uh, Money Never Sleeps listeners, and readers of Curbstreet.com and Seeking Alpha and a few others, as well as my own blog, is great. I love it. And I appreciate all the support that everyone continues to give the show, uh, my writings, uh, throughout the years. And I plan on doing this for many more years. So, look, we're going to stay on this ride for as long as possible. And I'm going to keep sharing my thoughts and everything with with you guys because I think it's important and I enjoy it. And I I get asked more often than not, believe it or not, uh, why isn't the show on terrestrial radio? Uh, At one point it was, uh, and the reason being uh, for it not being there now, is the content that we put on this show is for our listeners. It's for you. I do this for you because I want to share as much as I can with you and modifying my style of doing the show to include advertisements or the clock that provides you know that that provides me or actually it doesn't provide me it kind of keeps me away from doing what works for me and it would force me to limit my guests and limit the commentary and probably not even, not even get to this point of speaking about this and I have to be careful about what I say I'll probably lose a step in the process so having money ever sleeps uh as well as all of my shows distributed digitally works best for the show and our listeners and i now before i close out the show uh just for full full disclosure the companies that i speak about I, i i am not invested in um if i was invested in anything that would be disclosed but i'm not invested in any of those companies so I just need to, you know, give you full disclosure there. And uh, anyway, with that said, it's time to close out the show for this week. I want to remind our listeners: if you have any suggestions for a guest, topics, or content, feel free to contact me. Don't be shy. Contact me. Let me know. I want you to be a part of the show, not just be a listener. Just be a part of the show. Make it yours. Uh, you can reach me on ucwmagazine.com or on Twitter. Twitter, as I said, or the social media outlets under my name. And yes, I know that uh, I don't have a little blue check on my Twitter uh, account yet, but I'm sure that that's coming soon. And uh, who knows you know, how they work? I don't know. I don't. I don't even know how to go about doing it. Um, but you will uh, know it's me. Just ask, and I'll let you know. And uh, that's about it. So I want to thank you again for tuning in to Money Never Sleeps. And look forward to being with you next week as we tackle the cannabis industry. It's going to be interesting and much, much more. Until then, have yourself a very profitable week.
1: Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What
4: is your major malfunction? So let it be written.
3: So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my
1: mother
4: thanks you,
0: my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.